If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the second series of Humans of Excess Manchester with me, Clint Boone. Every week we're going to be celebrating the spirit of Manchester by speaking to somebody who's helped shape the city or has been influenced by the city. This week I'm joined by Coronation Street star Jenny McAlpine. She's going to tell us about playing such an iconic role on the soap. I answer to fizz, so if people say I have fizz to me, I've kind of, <laughs> I've just been fizz for so long. And Jenny will describe how tough I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, really is. First night was horrendous, horrendous. I didn't sleep at all. It's a great pleasure to welcome to Humans of Excess Manchester, an actress who, in recent years, has won the hearts of millions of sitcom lovers with the portrayal of Fizz Brown in Coronation Street. Before that, uh, she was destined for a while to become a comedian, a stand-up comedian, and uh, more recently she's entered into the restaurant business. Jenny McAlpine, welcome to Humans of Excess Manchester. Hello, thank you. It's nice to see you. It's nice to see you as well. studio, isn't it? It's lovely, isn't it? Built it myself. It's, I can see. It's lovely. I love what you've done with it. I love the colour scheme. Very minimalistic. 
like it. We like it. Yeah. Looks good, doesn't it? That introduction, it sounds like you've got a lot of hats on. I know on top of all that, you've just had a new baby or something, yeah. haven't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I'd forgot. I, I'm glad you've got, um, you know what I've been doing for the last 17 years because I've now forgotten because I've got a baby <laughs> brain. I mean, it is, I, I mean, my brain is just totally frazzled. And can I just tell you that this is technically the first time that I've left the baby. Yeah. So I don't know if you should be honoured or scared. but no, we're, um, we're flattered. Um, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's um, she's four months now, right. Hilda, yeah. and she is with her daddy. Uh, but I just, um, it feels like yesterday uh, that she arrived. Um, my, with my little boy Albert, that went fast, but this has just gone. I can't even tell you. Anyway, I don't need to go on about how fast it's gone for the whole podcast, but my point is, what was my point? I've forgotten it. You've got baby brain. That's it, you yeah. know, there that, we go. And that's, got coming baby across, brain. that's coming across really is well. It? Is no, it? baby baby Elder is five months old. Yeah, four yeah. months old. Four, four months, months old. old, yeah. And Albert is four years old. He's four years old, yeah. And, and yeah. alongside all that, you're still a busy... That's what you were saying, that I'm busy. That was the point. You said, I'm busy, I've got all these things, I've been in yeah. Corrie for 17 years, got our restaurant. Do you know what? <laughs> what it is, is... I've got like a brilliant team behind me at home. I think that's the trick, isn't yeah, it? Absolutely. So at home, my hubby and and family and friends and brilliant neighbours that just without them I wouldn't yeah. be able to survive and do what I do. And then with the restaurant in Annie's, we've got people, a brilliant team around us. And Curry, you know, is obviously well. You know what Curry is. That's an amazing team, amazing family that. Yeah. I kind of, I'm still on the WhatsApp group, so we've got a curry WhatsApp group, so I'm still, even though I'm not there, I'm still very much getting all the gossip right. and uh, the info and the intel. Brilliant. So I feel still still there. We've got loads to talk about, though. we're going to go through all that okay. uh, bit by bit, but I want to start by talking about um, your, your youth, your childhood. You were born in Bury, were you? I was born in Bury, I yeah. was, yeah. 1984? Yeah. In 1984. Where were you born? Hospital or I was born in Fairfield Hospital, which isn't there anymore, the maternity unit. So um, it's one of the ones that's gone, I believe. And then I went to school. I did my very first theatre job when I was a little kid at the Met Theatre in Bury, which is now, again, like your studio, really trendy looking. It wasn't when I was (laughs) little. It was lovely, but it wasn't trendy. They've they've smartened it all up now. Yeah, Yeah, so that was... um, when I was at school and I went to um, Berry Parish Players, we did a pantomime there, pantomime or two. And is that uh, the one where your dad was in it as well? My dad was in it as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't supposed to be in it. He came with me to the audition uh, and, you know, he was he was a pretty uh, charismatic guy. And so basically nobody else, there was nobody else there. He read the part of the day and while, while they were waiting for somebody to put their hand up and say, I'll do it. Right. And he was better than anyone could have ever been. So he jibbed he said, in. Well, he basically jibbed in, but he wasn't supposed to. <laughs> I was supposed to be the star, but he ended up being... <laughs> I was a fairy. Yeah. I had a very small part, but what they say is there's no such thing as small parts, only small actors. But I'm also quite small, so I don't know, maybe that's... Small but easy to spot. That's it. <laughs> I am that. I'm definitely that. We were just talking before because you got the, you're famous for your bright red hair. Is yeah. that because of your Scottish ancestry? Yeah, I think yeah. it is. I right. think it is. Uh, yeah, well, I'm I'm kind of I've got Scottish and Irish, so I'm totally Celtic. So my my granddad's half the family, the McAlpine, is Scottish, and my nana, um, my dad's mum was Irish. So pretty much, I haven't got an English bone in my body, really. Dretton, your red hair has been a, an asset in getting acting parts over the years. Uh, I don't know, really. I mean, I remember when I went to the job at Corrie, 
I mean, I went into a few auditions like this, to be honest, but it was, it was just another one of those auditions that I went to. But just particularly, there was loads of girls with brown, straight hair. And then there was me with this red curly hair. So I came out and said to my agent, yeah, I think you sent me to the wrong audition again because all these girls, they didn't look like me. And then when I got the part, it was like, oh, that's weird. I was the only one who looked like me in there. So I suppose it was an advantage at that point. But for all the other auditions, it wasn't. Right. How did you get on at school? Were you a clever kid or were you a bit of a precautious one? I think I might have been both. I had a feeling you might be the, uh, <laughs> the latter. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. Well, um, I, I mean, I did okay. I did do okay. I, um, I got good results. And I was, at, I was at college doing my A-levels when I got the part of Corrie. Well, I was doing my A-levels and working in Boots, mm-hmm. the chemist. And then got four episodes of Corrie. And then 17 and a bit, nearly 18 years later now, <laughs> I've, not, I've not stopped stop going there apart from when I've had two babies um but yes yeah, so I was I was doing my A-levels but yeah I was I was a bit I suppose I was I, I'm not very good at rules not rules that I don't understand why they're there there was a particular rule in school that we weren't allowed to walk through our main entrance the foyer because it was like beautifully carpeted and there was the headmaster's office was off there and someone else's office was off there I never understood why because for some parts of the day it was easier for me to go through the main entrance then go round in the pee and rain round the playground to get from like my registration to my first science lesson. So I used to just go through every time and get told off for it. <laughs> and that, actually, one time, she was the deputy head and she said to me, we might be getting visitors, that's why. And I said, what? And they don't want to see any school children in a school? So yeah, I think I probably was. And I think, <laughs> I, got in, I, think I got detention for that. So during those uh, school years, I assume you were probably all singing, all dancing, were you? even as a kid, were you? I kind of, I, to be honest, I mean, I, I went to various drama places and then I went to the um, Carol Godby Theatre Workshop is where I went and I loved it there. I, I met lots of friends there, some who've gone on to become actors, some who haven't. Because actually I say that now when people say to me, uh, where shall I send my, my kid to drama school, uh, you know, a, a drama club? But I say, don't send them to try and get them to be an actor. Just send them because they'll enjoy it and maybe it might bring out a bit of confidence or, or they might meet some friends. But don't send them for that reason because it's not the right reason and it won't happen, you know. So most of my mates who I'm in touch with that went there aren't. They're various things. They're teachers, they're lawyers, they've mm-hmm. gone travelling, they're mothers. They're not all actors. I did used to do singing and dancing in my back garden and I did charge for it. So I was quite business savvy from an early age. <laughs> how much? How much was oh, it? it was only 50p. But to, in like 1990, right. and we did like, yeah, so actually, no, when we did um, Bananarama, we did, um, what was that song? Wigwam Bam Gonna Make You My oh, Man? Yeah. Sweet, the sweet. Yeah. There we go. We did that one. Early 1970s. And we did, Waiting for a star to fall. Yeah, Boy Meets Girl. That one. I could do you the, um, the dance routine, but it's not right on a podcast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I think it was 50p, um, and we'd put the chairs out in the garden. And we'd perform that to the neighbours. So, yeah, I suppose I was a bit showy-offy when I think You got it. support, though, didn't you, from your family? Your dad particularly was supportive. Yeah, he was. My dad was a brilliant support. And he, well, he took me, as I said, to the uh, to go and audition for my first pantomime and ended up in the show with me. And then he, would, he took me to the theatre workshop and would always kind of take me everywhere. He did see that maybe I might be... Um, 
more that I wasn't really very good at anything else, so it was the only thing that I looked like I might I might do okay at. We doubled in comedy, didn't you, early on? So you were thirteen yeah, when you entered. That's the... what I wanted to do, and yeah, yeah I entered. Um, there was this, there was various competitions, but there was a young comedian of the year competition which I entered, and and then the finals were at the Comedy Store in London. So it was quite a big. I was thirteen with lots of other young people playing the Comedy Store. Few have gone on to be pretty successful. But when you're 13, you kind of, it's not really scary, you know. Yeah, and I was trying to do, that's what I was trying to do. And that's kind of what I was doing. Then I was auditioning, I was working in Boots, I was doing my A-levels. And then I went for the audition for Corrie, like I said, and I'm still there. So I kind of, I'm st- I've still got the ambition to be a comedian, but oh my God, I wouldn't do it now, even though, no, no, no. It feels so scary as a grown-up to do that. And I think women... It's really difficult still. And I think comedians, and I know lots of them, and lots of them are my great friends, but are um, pretty uh, pretty tricky people to be around, actually. I mean, my mates, I hope, well, they will, probably will be listening, but my, my mates who are comics who, if I go for a brew with them, that's all right. But when you're with, like, a group of comics, but when I have done shows, like chat shows, where there's a few of them there, and when they're on their game and trying to be funny yeah they're they're hard work hard to to keep up with (laughs) they're hard to keep up with and they're hard work and they're not and and they take the the job of being funny really seriously so they're not actually that fun (laughs) sorry all my friends i think it would be an awesome you You know what i mean see something like jim curry in his public guys when he's on a talk show and then see him when he's not in the public eye and how, how different the two characters are and I how sensitive he is and yeah you know what I mean that, exactly that, you, see that a lot of, you know Steve Coogan is if you meet him in real life yeah. he's not yeah. the person that he is when he's in character he's yeah. a completely he's quite shy almost I think yeah I, I think it, yeah so for, for all those reasons I wouldn't and, and just kind of I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to do it I'm, I'm so glad I'm doing what I'm doing now have you seen the film Maxine Peake made recently Funny Cow the one about the, I've not seen it, but I need to see incredible. it. Yeah, I need to. It's based around a female comedian yeah. in uh, the 1970s, it yeah. starts. But it's just one of the most shockingly brilliant films I've ever watched. It's incredible. You and that's it. kind of about that, about uh, trying to... It's the I, same. I mean, in, that, in the 70s, trying to make it, it was yeah. almost impossible. It's, in some parts, it's brutal. It's like just... I've never watched a film like it. It's oh, I incredible. It's no, I do. Thing. It's on my list. You, you did Emmerdale before you did Corrie, didn't you? Oh, briefly. yes, I did. I did. And also I auditioned for Hollyoaks. So if I'd have been in Hollyoaks, I don't know if I'd be in some kind of Guinness Book of Records for being in the most soaps, certainly all the northern soaps. I'm auditioned for Hollyoaks right at the beginning. It's a very different show now. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I'd get in it now, but, um, well, I didn't get in it then. So maybe that's why. <laughs> <laughs> And it wasn't baby brain, was it, back then? No, it wasn't. No, it was pure, yeah. Well, um, fortunately, when you were 17, you got the call to do the Cory audition for yeah. Fizz and you got it. And it, it was like just a few episodes to start, wasn't yeah. it? Five episodes or something? Yeah, it was. Four, four episodes. Well, I think it was, well, four or five. And yeah, to be Roy and Haley's foster daughter. And it was part of their big storyline. So it was just, it wasn't really about me. You know, it was about them. Mm. Uh, and they were fostering various kids and I was one of them and I was just going to come in and go and never to be seen again but yeah as happens with Cory, I think brilliantly with so like, so many amazing characters that have come they're there for a bit and then the writers see 
see something. Not that I'm putting myself in the amazing character. <laughs> but it's, it's a standout character, isn't it? It's a standout character. I even, don't know. I think, yeah. Even people that don't watch Curry. Yeah. Know who Fizz is. Yeah. I, I'm not a, a regular viewer. I've, yeah. I've not watched it for a long time, but I've always known who you are. Yeah. In fact, when you started, I remember you talked about being working in boots. I remember a period when you were Fizz off Curry and you were still working in boots yeah. and people were saying, She's still working in boots. Like, give up. And you walk through and you were there. You'd yeah. be working in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Because, um, yeah, well, I was only doing I was only doing a few episodes. Uh, and it was Dave, well, David and Julie who play Roy and Haley, or in Julie's case, played. We miss her so much still. They said to me, oh, you'll be back. And I was like, no, I won't, I won't be back. I know that now because I see young people come in and I say that to them you'll be back, you know, and they say, no, I say, no, no, you will. You can you can probably hand your notice in in boots because I reckon they'll have you back. Uh, and it was lovely to be back and called back to be one of Mike Baldwin's factory girls. And even though I've been sacked quite a few times from the factory for various reasons, firstly was um, I did a rooftop protest in my underwear uh, <laughs> and took the said underwear off so that was that was the first time I was sacked and various reasons we've all been sacked over the years but I'm still kind of there I was a fan back then did you, did you take it was it a gradual thing so you got used to it over the space of a couple of years or did it did it ever just uh, hit you like I'm no, famous it, it's um, what, what I always wanted it was more gradual than it would be now I mean I think for people now it's so instant isn't it with social media and and everything you know and the, the way cory works you know that the photo of the new character will be on the social media will be here before they're even on the screen mm. so there's so, so I, I think now it would hit you so it kind of did but again it was gradual and because i'd just done the four episodes and then I, and then i went away and came back and i like i quite like chatting to people so if and i answer to fizz so if people say i have fizz to me i've kind of <laughs> i've just been fizz for so long that i don't really mind i've been well i've been fizz for as long as i wasn't fizz because i was 17 when i joined and i've been there over 17 years so i've been fizz for longer than i wasn't yeah. so um yeah and you're just kind of used to it but like i say i think now i think it would be yeah much much more difficult for people let me talk about the fact that it's 18 years now since you started playing fizz on a, a weekly basis so you, you're probably doing it all, almost on a daily basis you're having to step into that character it's quite unique in it compared to even more household name actors and actresses from around the world haven't been through that sort of experience where you're playing one character for so mm. long when you make a movie you might study the script for a year and act it out and then film it for three or four months and it's finished you live in that character day in day out mm. alongside your daily life does that not do your head in? Well, <laughs> Does it do your husband's head in? Well, I think, I mean, I think because I was so young, I haven't known much different because I think for some actors who've come, who come in and, and, and they've, maybe, they've done lots of films, done lots of roles like that, it, yeah. it is a real shock to the system. And I think people either like it or they don't like it, you know, because some people, you know, are understandable say, I need to go and play another character, you know, whereas... I'm kind of fine playing this one character. I mean, it does do... If I come home and I've been crying, because Fizz has been known to do quite a bit of crying over the years uh, with the mistakes she's made in life. And when I come home and I've been crying, Chris can tell. I mean, physically, he could tell because I'm all puffy and red-eyed and yeah. I just am generally in a just a bit of a down mood because it does. You know, you've been crying all day. It does kind of hit you. Yeah. But I don't kind of 
think about it when I come home, you know, or any or 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 anything like that. But just in terms of just shattered after crying yeah. for twelve hours a day, draining. Yeah, and he says, "Oh no!" And are you doing something funny tomorrow? I say, "Yeah, I'm doing something funny tomorrow." He says, "All right, you'll be yeah. all right tomorrow." Do you think you'll be doing it for years to come? I mean, you, you, you seem dead happy in Corrie, and it's obviously the, the program's going to be there forever. I know because we've we've just had an email um, last week that it's going to be the sixtieth anniversary of Corrie, which obviously I knew, but it just that it's been put in black and white this December, mm. sixty years. Yeah, I mean, I do love it. The thing is, I mean, you never, never know, and I can't ever take it for granted because they might have other ideas one day. <laughs> um, but for now, like, I love it, and 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 I live in Manchester. I've got my life in Manchester, and now. Two children in Manchester. I mean, it's the easiest job in the world. For it, yeah. Both for named after, as we mentioned before, both named after <laughs> iconic Corrie stars of the past, uh, Ilderog and Albert Tatlock. Yeah. Do you ever go back and watch those early episodes? Oh, I love them. Oh, I am like I am such a massive, massive Corrie fan. It never worked out actually, but I was supposed to be doing celebrity mastermind a couple of years ago and I was going to do it on Coronation Street in the 1960s. I'm a bit obsessed. Yeah, oh, I love it. And, and it was such an honour to know and be a friend of Tony Warren, who we sadly lost a couple of years ago. But just to have been around when, you know, knowing him and, 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 and talking to him about those early days was pretty incredible. So mm. we are lucky that that gang of us that had that I mean, he still is vision and his kind of voice is, is still there in, in Corrie. You know, all the producers yeah. remember it always. And it's just such a special, just such a special thing. And and, and that thread that Tony kind of, because what he said was, it's just, all it is is peeping behind the neck curtains of everybody's house and yeah. seeing what's going on behind. And it still is, you yeah. know. It might be a bit more dramatic, but life's a bit more dramatic these days, maybe, and reflects the time a bit more. But... At its core, that's what it is, just Absolutely, keeping behind yeah. the net curtains. And like I say, it's an honour to be part of that, that family tree, isn't it? You know, you were a key character in that same series that people like Pat Phoenix and Barbara Knox, Jack Howarth, Doris Speed, Violet Carson. Have you ever seen the picture? It popped up on Twitter again recently. It's Violet, Violet, Violet Carson. <laughs> Violet Carson, dressed as Ina Sharples, and she's stood on a balcony of a high-rise block overlooking Salford. It like, like in a, little, a fire escape? Up yeah. The light. yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking out over Salford. Yeah, oh, it's an amazing, it? amazing image. Must what great name for a band, anyway, Violent Carson. I like yeah. it. Wow. <laughs> it <Yeah>. is. <laughs> Maybe not. Let's move on from Fizz, because that's a, a massive chapter, but a lot of people obviously uh, know about that. Let's talk about some of the other stuff that they might have forgotten about. You did I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. You did all right in that, didn't you? Now, do you know, that's the thing that, um, you know, when you talk about fame that for, for not very long but I mean talk about famous for five minutes but that well do you know what it was as well because people called me Fizz all the time so then <laughs> after that people were calling me Jenny and they know my name and they're shouting Jenny now you see the thing is when they shout Fizz I know immediately where I know them from or that, that I don't necessarily know them that they know me from Corrie when they shout Jenny I don't know and it might be my auntie that I've not seen for years and I don't recognise so that was a bit more difficult because I was like oh do I know you or do you know me from watching me on the jungle can I just put in there because this is something I have and it's a big issue where when people come up to you enthusiastically talking to you and it's hard to convey this to people that don't do show busy stuff but you're in that moment where they're obviously they're either a fan or an old friend Mm -hmm. and you can't tell which is you can't remember it's an old friend or 
So you can't overdo this. Oh, yeah, how are you doing? You Great to see you. Because you know, it might just be a fan who's meeting you for the first time. Yeah. Do you but get then, that? Totally. But, you <laughs> do, but, you, but then at the same time, you don't want to be rude to your old friend. So you, there's a balance. <clears throat> yeah. I do get it. How do you do it? How do you work? Well, I got, well it's easier when they call me Fizz. Because like I say, I yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> although, to be honest, probably some of my family would call me Fizz. So maybe that's not. Um, I try and keep it generic. Like, oh, how are you doing? What are you up to? Or you just go like, how's your... And then you just sort of click and, and hope that they go, Mum, yeah, how is she? And then hope that they tell you something. She's st- oh, she's still got the bunions. Oh, has she? Oh, bless her. Give do her you do love. this with Chris? Where, again, my Charlie, my wife, Charlie, she can tell when I bump into somebody and we start talking, if I can't remember their name, she'll say, Hi, I'm Charlie, Clint's wife, what's your name? Do, well, does she do that for you? Yeah, or sometimes... He won't do it, and I say, do you, I didn't introduce you because I didn't know your name. He needs to do that more. He needs yeah, to do, come out with your Charlie. Do the Charlie thing. Yeah. He does. Yeah, but then what if they say, yeah, I know I met you last week because he's as bad it as me. It does happen. I reckon of every, t- every, every ten times that we smash it and get it right, there's a couple of times where I'll, I'll make a knob of myself. That does happen That's quite a lot. trouble. So celebrity, what, what's that? Oh, yeah. Was so, that a difficult experience, or did you find that the skills that you had as an actress, like patience and focus and teamship... Um, Visualisation, did all that come in to, to help you when I you're in the jungle? I suppose a bit of that, but I mean, the thing that I was not prepared for, because uh, I mean, I, I am such a home bird, I really am. And I hadn't ever been away from Albert for, well, I'd been away from him for three nights, but not consecutive, as in over his whole three years, I'd been away three nights for various, like, going on Lorraine Kelly, so going down to London, going to the Soap Awards. But he'd always been with Chris. He'd yeah. never been with anyone else, so we'd never both been away. So the fact that I was going to be away for, well, it was a month, so it was a week before it and three weeks in the jungle. So I tried to prepare myself. I, I thought, I, I'm going to do it. I'm ho- I, Hopefully he's going to look back. He's going to be able to watch his mummy. It'll all be good. It's all positive. It's, yeah. I, I'm doing it for good reasons. He's going to think I'm brave. I never thought I would miss him so much and so quickly I mean it was immediate and it was kind of okay you had to do this we had to do this week where we were in lockdown and we had this a chaperone and we had no phones and that was and I was a bit scared about that but actually strangely I was okay at that I don't know I think I'd prepared myself for that so much and that Mm. was okay and the chaperone woman that I was with was lovely and we got on so that was kind of okay I treated it as a bit of a kind of you know what do you call it when you go off and have a me time. A bit of me time. Um, so that was okay. But then as soon as I got in the jungle, like the minute I hit there, I was just hit with this overwhelming homesickness and mm. missing my boy. Like, and, and it was like a physical pain. And I was straight in that bush telegraph saying, look, I, don't, I think I need to go. And they said, look, Jenny, we said that you'd miss him. Granted, we didn't think you would miss him this quickly. Like the second you got there, I hadn't even gone for a wee in the in the horrible dunny I was straight there saying I think I need to go this is awful <laughs> I, I know these people are nice but I don't want to say hello to them I just need to go but they persuaded me to kind of think about it and then I had that night and the first night was horrendous horrendous I didn't sleep at all I mean at all A you're listening for bugs and things but not really that just because of that horrendous homesickness mm. um, and then the next day you got chatting to people and then actually found out that they'd had a really bad night's sleep too because everyone was getting used to different things whether they were homesick or they were just really scared of sleeping outside or and we all talked about it and said that was really awful wasn't it and then day by day I just got to know 
some of the most incredible people I've ever met. Mm. And we were all such a brilliant team. So when people ask me now, you know, would you do it? Should I do it? I think, I don't know, because I had such a brilliant group of people that um, that would never have been put together in a month of Sundays. You know, we would never have all been at the same party or the same, the same do. <laughs> but it kind of worked and was a dysfunctional family for three weeks, but was brilliant. And they got me through it, really. Yeah. And then and the, in, in the end, it, after it, it was the best experience I've ever had. And you managed, you did three weeks? And Tw- I did three weeks, then. yeah, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. I bet it's nice to see your baby. Oh, I've never, oh, it was just, yeah, it, it was mad, really. Yeah, it, it was, um, you know, because he's three and he didn't even bat an eyelid, yeah. you know. Yeah. He'd, been with, he'd been with daddy for three weeks. He'd been having an amazing time. But, <laughs> but he spoke to me just like he'd seen me yesterday right. you know there was no we don't he didn't have any time so it was fine <laughs> i mentioned at the beginning about the uh, the fact that you've just uh, you've opened a restaurant recently you and chris yeah yeah well five years we've been Is open it five believe years? it or not it's gone so fast yeah um yeah we're um annie's just off saint Anne's square is it called annie's because of saint Anne's square because of saint Anne's square yeah, yeah. but also because it's a bit of a a bit of an um you know we hope it kind of sounds like someone's favorite auntie maybe in fact loads of people have said oh my auntie my mum was called Annie, and also lo- I'll tell you who we've met loads of baby Annies. It's quite a popular name it really now. Right? Okay. Yeah, it's getting up there with them. Um, yeah, so that's yeah five five years. Do you ever roll your sleeves up and uh, muck in? Oh as, yeah. As no, do you get oh there, no, yeah? I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm listen. I'm not. I'm not the best waitress in the world. I'm really not. So because I, I have been a waitress in the past. Where did you work? Oh, I've done a few. Um, I worked in um a couple of coffee shops in Berry. Oh, I worked in this Italian restaurant once and oh that was just awful that was just actually I think I did two shifts it was in Tottington oh gosh that was just the most awful experience of that's my life that's a real life. place for those listening around the world is Tottington a is a real town <laughs> and so is Ramsbottom and yeah. Todmudden and Todmudden yeah <laughs> um, yeah oh that was awful um yeah, so I'm not the best waitress, so if, if I'm asked to carry a plate, that means they're really desperate <laughs> in Annie's. Yeah, but I mean, I like food is kind of my thing, so I do like, I like cooking. Uh, so I, I like getting involved in arranging menus. And But like I say, we've got such a brilliant team that we couldn't do it without. And, and so, you know, they kind of, they make me look like I do all these things. Yeah. <laughs> like have babies and have restaurants and and do curry, but actually there's loads of people helping me with it. It's like you say, I mean, just having a partner that can help you when you're a creative type or all the things that you're doing, theatrical type, it's important that you have somebody, especially when you've got babies, it's important you've got an understanding partner that yeah. can uh, help you with it. So yeah. It's a good thing. Let's talk about Manchester. I mean, obviously you, you've become an intrinsic part of the city's culture over the last couple of decades. Can we assume that you're absolutely in love with the town? Oh. I love Manchester. I mean, first of all, I love Manchester because I've done other city breaks. And to be honest, this weather, I mean, this weather that we're having in February, I know this is I know this is going out next week, so it might be snowing by the time this, <laughs> it's actually <laughs> people are listening to this. But you remember last week when it was sunny in February. Yeah. I mean, I am not ready for this. My hair, my Celtic skin is just not. So I love the Manchester rain, the Manchester weather. That is my favourite thing. In fact, going back, and just quickly, but going back to the jungle, one of the things that most people there hated was the fact that it rained for three weeks and we had the worst storms ever. Yeah. And everyone was really gutted because, you know, they'd gone to have a lovely time and be in the bikinis. I was secretly so happy, so <laughs> happy that it was 
pissed him down because I felt at home. It was the only thing that made me feel at home. Um, so yeah, but obviously I love it for more than that. I love Manchester. Yeah. I love Coronation Street. It's obviously a massive part of, of Manchester. Kind of a bit sad that it's not in Manchester anymore. You know, we have to go over to Media City to do it, which yeah. is... Um, it's a couple of miles out from where it was originally. It is, yeah. and it's... I mean, it's Salford, so technically it's more... We're more... Although, actually, technically we're Trafford, but anyway, it's over the water. But <laughs> Media City, the bit, the BBC bit is Salford, but we're Trafford anyway. But, yeah, um, so... Because I did... And it is kind of a bit sad, and those photos that I've seen of Key Street being no longer is dead sad. I hope they do something nice with that. It's funny, though, you see these important addresses and locations being levelled and mm. all these flats going up but it's just it, it's got to happen that sort of progress I'm, I'm gutted every time I drive past the Granada Studios I'm looking like I remember seeing Tony Wilson driving in there before I knew oh. him and I'd be like Tony Wilson there's Bob Greaves mm. and that was the studio where Joy Division did their first ever TV mm. and the Inspirals did this mm. and that and it's all been levelled on it recently right. or, or the, the studios anyway. you're right but it's like you're right but like you say things have got to move on but you just hope that the history is remembered and you know that whatever they do on where where the cobbles were at, mm. well, and actually you know they weren't always there i mean the first episode the cobbles were inside a studio so to be honest we can be nostalgic about something that's not it wasn't mm. really a thing it was just a thing in tony warren's mind and it can be anywhere but obviously all those people walked up those cobbles yeah. for so long hopefully there's some kind of plaque or something and in 50 years 100 years someone says that's where Coronation Street be. was I hope so. so the actual art is the film isn't it that's the thing the actual art is the film or it's like the Mona Lisa is important but where he painted it I don't have a clue where he painted exactly. it exactly yeah. can you imagine being in the space where he painted the Mona Lisa wow, yeah. that'd be quite exciting wouldn't it? what is it about the, the people of Manchester the Manchester spirit how would you define that well it really I mean it, I really saw the Manchester spirit after the um, arena bomb and, and, and the, um, I, we were talking about this before, weren't we, that we yeah. were both at the Manchester Together concert in Albert Square, which was just so brilliantly put together. And when, like, when I was approached to do it, Rose Marley was the kind of uh, brains behind it with lots of other people. But mm. when she got in touch and said, would I do it? And, I think I thought, yeah, it sounds. I think it. I think it sounds like the right thing to do to celebrate. And but it was such a difficult time, wasn't it? And you mm. thought, but I said, yeah. And everyone else was doing it. And they said, you know, you're doing it. Clint's doing it. All these amazing Manchester people are doing it. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like the right thing to do. We'll celebrate. We'll celebrate Manchester. We'll celebrate our music. Mm. We'll get our kids. There'll be choirs of kids, and it'll be amazing. But I never thought how amazing it would be. Mm. I mean, it's. I, I feel emotional thinking about it because just kind of. Uh, and I've talked about it the last few days. Just randomly, people have spoken to me about it. Mm. Um, just the amount of people that were in Albert Square that night to just be together. And I only thought about it afterwards when I saw photos and when I saw like aerial photos of how many people were in that square mm. and beyond to, to to celebrate what was yeah. a horrendous. Thing, but but to celebrate the the the, the spirit of Manchester, yeah. it was a one year anniversary, and it was a, a beautiful thing to be part. It of. was, it was indeed the one year anniversary. And of I course. think we did it well, and well done to Rose Wilder. She got it bang on. It didn't was she? just beautiful. was, it really was bang on. Yeah. A couple more things, Jenny, before you go. If I was to say to you, who are your favourite humans of Manchester, past or present? <sighs> who would they be? Oh gosh, a humans in plural. Yeah. How many people do people normally choose? 
Well, uh, Rowetta named about 30. Oh, right. <laughs> we haven't got long. I've got to go back to my baby. Three or, um, three or four will do. Three okay. or four. Well, I'll have to say my dad, um, who has sadly lost a uh, um, couple of years ago now. So I definitely have to say my dad. And he had an MBE. Was, he got an MBE, didn't he? He did. He did. For he his got, work yeah, with uh, he, he mental did. health. He was, he was um, yeah, so we were really proud that we could go there and... Um, and he was brilliant granddad to my Albert and would have been a brilliant granddad to Hilda. So definitely him. I'm going to say, I mean, do you know what? There's so many amazing people that I should and could pick from Coronation Street, but probably, I think I'd probably have to say the late, great Tony Warren as the person who created it. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and under that come all the amazing women, the battle axes, the downtrodden men all of those people they they're they're under that under tony's so the whole family but but definitely tony warren um that'll do me yeah that's great two people you don't want to miss people out do you not at all but you've done it you've done it right there listen before you go up you need to describe manchester jenny in three words um oh manchester in three words that's so hard um i'll never leave there we go Perfect. Jenny McAlpine, (laughs) thank you for being a human of excess Manchester. Thank you. That was Jenny McAlpine. Make sure you join us next week where I'll be speaking to Mancunian designer and illustrator Stan Chow. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We are at Humans Excess and subscribe to Humans of Excess Manchester. Rate us. Feel free to leave us a comment as well. We always like to read your comments and get your feedback. Thanks for listening. See you next week. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.